Don't do that. <laughs> Can't hear you. Oh, okay, you're back on. <laughs> oh, there. Oh. Okay, so the radio has been dead. I am sorry, f- listeners out there. Oh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I wasn't on. Oh, oh I no. can't believe that. That's and how okay. long has it been? Oh, <laughs> six minutes of dead air. Oh, I am so sorry. I'm so glad I answered the phone. <laughs> Oh, I apologize. Anyway, you're listening to Astrology Today, blah, blah, blah. We're here in Powell River, blah, blah, blah. We're going to talk about May and Doris. And right now, we're going to look at the north, no, the uh, full moon on Monday. There, I'm almost back to normal. Sorry, I'm so glad that person phoned. (laughs) I had you turned on. And of course, I can oh, hear wow. my—I can hear my own voice. So yes, yes, I know. Yes, anyway, it's okay. it, it happens. Okay. It happens. Oh God, this is live stuff. That's why. That you know, you're right. It is very much alive and scary. And oh, I'm so glad she phoned. Thank you, thank you. I think that was bad, Karen. Thank you, bad Karen. Thank you, thank you. Anyway, moving on to the full moon. Um, now that I'm actually back on okay so yeah we've got this huge Taurus moment which is as Jill said the earthiest of the earth signs and we've also got Venus the ruler of Taurus Uranus too yes yeah and yeah I mean I think I think the reason well what I associate with Venus is her sensuality and so when you talk about the embodiment yes she was the earthiest of the goddesses and you know, really enjoyed stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody who has the enjoyment thing with Taurus. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So, you know, to me, the absolute um, perfect signature of that, of course, is Jupiter conjunct Venus in Taurus. And let's say Uh, that like the fifth house or something. That would be just... That will be excess. That would be fun, though. You have to admit, that would be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Although I remember hearing that that hard aspects between Venus and Jupiter often show up in um, when people have like diabetes. It's um, oh yes, yeah, the excess. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. So, but you know, they they die with you know chocolate bliss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, okay. So Too much of a good thing. <laughs> so why we are pointing Monday out is it is the run up, and it's a very highlighted run up to the next Saturn Uranus square, but with the yeah. focus from the Taurus side of things. So ergo, you know, Biden and his get together on the climate crisis, which hopefully something positive comes out of that. Um, but also, and and this was pointed out on Twitter today, that, you know, we have the loss of that sub, which is um, Air, Saturn, Uranus, uh, you know, Aquarius, I don't know. Yeah. Um, don't know. Yeah. The other have thing that... things unfold. Exactly. The other thing that has both Jill and I really paying attention to this chart is we have the Pluto station as well on that day. And so yes. when a planet appears to stop in the sky, obviously they don't, uh, but that's from our perspective. 
And um, with Pluto, it just, I kind of think of it as, you know, the thumb screw, you know, getting, and Pluto can, you know, like, it brooks no, oh, I think I'll just ignore this. Yeah, no. When Pluto is impacting in a person's chart, um, you tend not to be able to just like ignore it. <laughs> so when it stations, and so if you're one of the lucky folks who has something prominent in cardinal signs at 26 degrees, um, yeah, you might be noticing a little bit of pressure these days and it will kind of reach its peak on this full moon. Yeah. Yeah, Pluto is Pluto is intense. Yes. Yeah. Pluto is is and can be quite extreme. Yes. And the other point that Jill brought up, which I'll let you expound on, is it's unaspected. Yeah, it also rules the moon sign for this full moon. Yes. Yeah. It's the ruler of Scorpio in, in modern astrology. Yep, that's and right. And so it's it's highlighting that like Pluto is really standing out here. I'm on my own. Yep. And that means I've got free reign. I don't have any of these strings attached to me. Right. Um, Nobody modifying. And I'm stopping for a while just to think about what I want. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to do now. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and, but it's ruling the, the moon for this yeah. full moon, which I think is really... I think we're it's it's the lead up to the eclipse season. Yes. Ah, yes. And that is a good point because that is what one of the things we'll be talking about in just shortly here because we'll get started with May is we are starting in on the eclipse season. And that's another show that we need to do. We need to do yep. a solar return show and we need to do a show on eclipses. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because they can, um, people can actually track some interesting things following where the eclipses occur in their own life. Yeah. Yeah, and your prenatal eclipse can be significant at that point. And, yep. and yeah, there's a lot to eclipses. Um, and and really, when when they happen, they're it, I mean, they talk about the eclipse season. It's like it, it's kind of starting at that the eclipse going through to the next one, right? Yeah. So it's yeah, it sets things up for you know, kind of, yeah, yeah. It does. It has um, what I've heard most is the idea of a um, six month period of time. Yeah, and well, that's because they, they come every six, six months. months. Right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And they're in a sign for a year and a bit. It's an 18-year cycle, 18, 19 years. Um, yeah. And what is also very interesting about that cycle is it's not uncommon for, especially in the past, maybe not so much now, um, that folks would be born with the opposite um, or not born with, but would be married to people that had the opposite eclipse scenario. So, for instance, uh, my first husband, we were nine years apart. And so his north node was on my south node, my south node was on his north node. Um, oh. You know, and it's like we waved as we went by because <laughs> it didn't last. No, no, just teasing. Okay, so. So if we look, so if we look at the last eclipses. Yes. But the last solar eclipse was in December. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was it was kind 
kind of not that far off what was happening with Jupiter Saturn with their conjunction. exactly exactly so you know I think there's yeah it's that kind of significant that this one is following on what was going on there yes because that yeah. that Jupiter Saturn conjunction was yeah yeah significant to say the least and to say the least the yes eclipse was on the 26th i think so yeah it was not far after that you know so again it's sort of these things coming together right yes so exactly I, highlighting I a change yeah yeah well because you don't look at things in isolation right because no. they are like they are progressions from one thing to another so that was the last of the eclipse in capricorn yep shifting into so it was a shift you know again of signs it was a shift you know, yep cycle with jupiter saturn it was a lot of shifting yes <laughs> There's shifting going on <laughs> there is there is definitely yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. so looking at the month of may what i'm gonna do is just kind of highlight the bigger stuff um okay so may opens with uh you know, this buildup of tension that will, in theory, you know, manifest into something in um, July uh, when we have the next Uranus-Saturn um, square, yeah. Um, but in the meantime, you know, we're going to, for the first weeks or so, have this still this buildup of the Iranian side of that square. Um, and, um, you know, we've got a Mars in Cancer now. Um, and let me see now, where have I got this? Oh, yeah, yeah. So up on the website, I have the new moon. But prior to that, we, of course, we have Mars changing and uh, going into Cancer, which will eventually um, trigger off that Pluto, which has been since you know, the early 2020s been kind of the guy that we were all sort of going back off, back off, but then it shifted, it shifted to the Saturn Uranus. Yeah, oh. with the with the, the the full moon on Monday, it's just gone into Cancer. So. Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, then Mercury and um, Venus get ready to shift in the first um, little while of um May. God, my brain's just kind of stalled out. It's okay. Uh, but prior to doing that, uh, because there's another planet that wants to change signs this month. And uh, so Jupiter at the start of the month is in that aneuretic or coming up to the aneuretic degree, which is never supposedly a good thing when something's at the 29th degree of something. And Jupiter is in Aquarius. And so just as Mercury and Venus are going to switch into Gemini, they bounce off this square with Jupiter. Not likely to be really significant, I'm not thinking. But you might notice it. So May 3rd, Mercury uh, squares Jupiter. Uh, then uh, the Sun squares Saturn. Now that one we might notice. And that's the day that Mercury goes into Gemini. The Sun squares Saturn at 13 degrees, which is highlighting possibly that square that comes up in, in June with uh, Saturn-Uranus. Because Saturn also this month is about to station, or is stationing. Yeah. 
Well, and Jupiter, you know, in that last degree is just ready to, I mean, inches away from going into <laughs> into Pisces, right? Yes. So yeah. that's yeah. a significant thing as well. Yes. Especially since when it was conjunct Saturn, they were in the first degree of Aquarius, right? Yes. Yeah. So this is that, I mean, you know, I think it's all kind of tied together. That yes. Thing. Okay, so May 8th, we do, this is when, so this is just prior to Venus going into Gemini. Um, we have that Venus square Jupiter. Uh, will we get this party started? Um, ooh, so hard to tell. Um, okay, so with Mercury and Venus moving into Gemini, it's like um, that earthy concreteness uh, shifts gears into need more data. Need lots yeah, more data. going from Venus's rulership to Mercury's, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be all about data. Um, yeah. Yeah, and one of the comments that I made is Zoom lights up again. People just want to get out and get connected, which will be more predominant. You know, will the lockdown still be in place? Will we be getting ready to, like, nuke that and start moving around again? Who knows? Uh, but yeah. the tension on uh, May the 8th may point that out. Now we come up to the first new moon in May, which is... Well, the other thing, sorry, yep. the other yep. thing with the, that eclipse, sun and moon are, are very close to the trine with Pluto now. Yes. Yeah. So again, we're bringing in Pluto. It's retrograde, but it's, they're moving towards that. Yes. Right? It's backing up to it and they're moving towards it. So it's making it come yeah. faster kind of thing in a way. That's true. And so, yeah, so they're close enough to call that a definite uh, trying. And um, yes, yeah. That, that I think is not insignificant either. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so it is at uh, 21 degrees of Taurus, the new moon. And here on the West Coast, it's just uh, coming up to noon. So we'll. And it's on a Tuesday, though. Okay, so at first glance, this looks rather tame, but as um, Jill has pointed out, it is trining Pluto. Um, and uh, it's actually um, conjunct the Jupiter-Saturn midpoint. And that uh -huh. midpoint is specifically saying patience is actually a virtue, which with, well, you know... Yeah, some and kind of bringing up the, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, right? Yes. From, from December. Yeah. Being yeah. when the last eclipse was happening. So, it, again, tying that together. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then on May 13th, we have Jupiter enter Pisces. And um, there are a lot of folks who really, really enjoy Jupiter's transit through Pisces, which we'll get a full dose of next year. This is just a, a little preview that we get for the next couple of months. Um, and way back in the day, I'm talking about January, um, a lot of astrologers were thinking that with this Jupiter ingress, that um, we would be we'd be looking at the virus in the rearview mirror. Um, vaccines would have all rolled out, and you know we'd get some travel. And but as it's turning out, it's totally none of that's happening. Um, and so it's going to be interesting. I'll be listening to some podcasts this coming week 
um, about what other astrologers are thinking about this Jupiter-Pisces moment. But it will be, by that point in time, um, you know, it'll be just the sun with Uranus, and we're going to have this energetic shift into more mutable signs, which we haven't had for a while. And I think we might notice it. Yeah, I'm thinking that, you know, things are going to start, you know, dashing off in a variety of directions that the fixed signs are not going to be pleased with. The cardinal signs aren't going to be able to control it. Um, But yeah, I suspect things are going to change. Yeah. Well, yes, and we've also got, um, this is the lead up to the, the actual exact square of Uranus and Saturn. Yes. Which is, you know, middle of next month. So they're yeah. getting closer. And yeah. that's, you know, there's a building when that's happening, right? They're yeah. approaching this thing. Yeah. But this, yeah. so this mutable, it's like what any of us have tried to predict with this first set of Uranus Saturn squares, because they're going to stay in those squared signs for another year. They just won't be making yeah. a direct aspect. But my suspicion is, is that what we think was going to happen and what actually happens because of this moment of, you know, we got a couple of weeks here where it's all mutable, lots of mutable. Well, yeah, Yeah. and and Uranus is known for sudden unexpected stuff. So whatever you expect, I always (laughs) say something else is going to (laughs) happen. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, whatever Saturn's wanting to do... Uranus may just say, yeah, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. So May 20th, of course, we have the sun goes into Gemini, and then we have all but, what else? Well, we just have the moon and Mars of the traditionals that, um, well, and the moon will periodically, obviously, be in Gemini. Um, But yeah, there's going to be a lot of mutable energy around. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, let's see what's next. We have, oh, the 22nd of May and the 23rd of May. Um, you might want to mark this on your calendar as not a day in which concrete talks will work. Uh, pleading your case to the universe, maybe. And this is the square from both Mercury and Venus because they are now very close together, trucking along. Um, they're going to be squaring Pisces, the Neptune in Pisces. And so, yeah, great for writing poetry, arguing with your god or goddess, um, but having something successfully settled, maybe not so much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you can be, you have, you may have unrealistic Yes. Uh, kind of expectations <laughs> yeah. of uh, yeah. whatever your thoughts are. It's like, yeah, they're probably not grounded in <laughs> anything real. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So what I wrote was, whose vision will try to dominate or can you actually get a clear message out there? Yeah, a little, yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. iffy. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, not, it's not, not Mercury retrograde, but it probably can feel like it for yes. some people. Yeah. You know, and it all depends too, of course, whether whether this is aspecting something in your chart particularly. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And did she write the degrees down? Well, yeah, it's Neptune, so it's 22 degrees. If you have 22 degrees prominent in 
mutable signs, you will likely notice this. Now, the other thing that's happening, just as, as Mercury and Venus sort of start to come apart from that Neptune, is we have Saturn stationing. And uh, he stations at 13 degrees of Aquarius, which we're glad that Uranus hasn't caught up for that final, for not the final square, but the middle square, uh, because that would have been just ugly. Um, but Uranus is still moving. And so he eventually, in June, does catch up to this 13 degrees of Saturn. But middle I'm, of June. Yeah, middle of June. But I'm thinking that that May 23rd may highlight um, some of the structures that need to, um, that Uranus needs to blow apart. I'm needs thinking. to shake them down. Yes, that's what I'm yes. thinking. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, they are close enough already. Yes, yeah. Um, that they are squaring each other and have been for since the last exact square. Yeah. And prior to that, you know, I mean, the the orbs on this, you got to give them some space. Yeah. It oh takes yeah. A while for it. Yeah. And and the exact and you don't always notice it at the exact. Sometimes no. You look, exactly. You it's notice a, things before or after. It's yeah. like it's yeah, yeah. Because I I think it's a mistake to say oh now they're exact that's it you know it's like yeah yeah no no. no. <laughs> And, and we've got Mars Mars approaching the opposition to Pluto there too. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, the next chart that I've put up on the website is the lunar eclipse, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, on May 26th at 4.13 a.m., five degrees of Sag, that's uh, here on the West Coast. And um, what I noticed is in on the West Coast here, Pluto which, as Jill was saying, Mars is coming up to that opposition to Pluto, is right on our midheaven here on uh, the West Coast. On the West Coast. And on the East Coast, so for places like Washington, D.C. or Ottawa, Canada, Neptune is on the MC. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I kind of thought, hmm, neither one of those are good, I don't think. (laughs) No, well, I think of the two... I think of the two, Neptune can be most difficult. That's true, because there's Pluto, no... Pluto is, is challenging, but it's slow obvious. and it's deep, and, it, it's, and it's not always obvious. It's it's like you notice it like way afterwards, go, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. there was a lot going on there. I didn't feel it, because it's like subterranean. Oh, and Neptune yeah, is yeah. just, you know, Neptune is like nebulous. That's true. It's That's vague. True. It, what the hell's going on kind of energy <laughs> yeah from our materialistic world yeah. right yeah. if you're into spirituality and i'm not sure the people in ottawa and washington are but um, hey there's bound to be one or two now come on yeah you well know, you know the majority are not operating from a you know most of them are kind of spirit kind of materialistic in that there that could be group. people there holding and space. So, so Neptune can be very challenging for that, you know. Yes, it, it really can. And you've got, and you still got Mercury and Venus squaring it. Uh, squaring who? Neptune. That is true. They are at twenty-one and twenty-four. Uh, so if you've got Neptune on midheaven, they're squaring it. Yeah. Again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not great for the message and the yeah, the materialistic Venus 
aspect of things from Taurus. That is true. That uh, is true. Oh, yeah. Interesting, especially with the uh, square of Saturn and Uranus getting even closer. It <laughs> is. It is. Okay, so we haven't done a show on eclipses, um, but, um, you know, the events surrounding, like the, I don't know, two weeks surrounding this eclipse, uh, if the eclipses fall, uh, especially if they fall across your uh, uh, angles, which would be 1st, 7th, 4th, 10th, then, um, you know, changes are afoot, definitely, yeah. Okay, so next we have, coming to the end of the month, um, ah, yes, we have the start of the second Mercury retrograde period for this year. It is again in air signs. It's obviously going to be in Gemini. So um, the it starts at uh, 24 degrees of Gemini. Uh, with its station on May the 29th. It then stations back direct on June the 22nd at 16 degrees of Gemini. So the shadow phase, which for some, some uh, uh, modern astrologers take note of these, the shadow phase began begins on May the 14th, so just after that new moon, and ends on July 7th. So, you know, Mercury has the usual RE in front of it. So redo, rethink, recalibrate, reconsider, just a lot of re's. And <laughs> don't make any concrete plans and don't yeah. sign any contracts. And yeah, yeah, any of that. And try not to have an election because it never goes according to plan. <laughs> well, coming back to the, the, uh, the eclipse here, mm-hmm. um, that is the day that Saturn is stationed. Um, Saturn stationed on the 13th. Yeah. It's stationing according to mine. Really? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, according to my ephemeris. Yes, that's right. It's, uh, it happened 20th. sooner. 23rd, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Close, though. Close enough, right? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not got a lot of movement a few days later, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 So there you go. That is May. And uh, okay, so let's, we're going to switch tracks now. And we're going to start talking a little bit about folks that have really dominant Taurus and or Venus. Because one of the things that I find incredibly um and, and I'm going to maybe make a study of this, I don't know, is just the fact that Venus rules two signs that don't see each other uh, comfortably. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, yep. you've, got a, um, you've got that personally, because <laughs> you've got a, an ascendant that's Libra, and you've got a moon in Taurus. And yep. um, yeah, so I was going to, you know, put you on the spot and... How do you feel that working in your life? Well, Venus, which rules both signs, yeah, is trining my mood. Okay, so I think that helps. Yes, yeah. So yeah. it favors that side more than the Libra rising. Well, I think 
I think I have the combination of the two. Like there's the sense of aesthetics and balance and all yeah. that. And, and fairness. And, and she has an amazing voice. She has an amazing are, voice. Are big. But, and yeah, Taurus rules the throat. So, you know, the singing and, the, you know, those kinds of things. And, um, and you know, just a sense, an appreciation of, you know, beauty and, and mm-hmm. the natural world and, you know, that kind of stuff is, you know, I think all there. So, yeah, I think they work together pretty well. Just, uh, you know, if, if Venus was, you know, not in <laughs> Capricorn trining my my moon, it might not be uh, as easy as to, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Comfort is definitely a thing. <laughs> yeah. So so it's almost like the Libra side has to take second fiddle to the Taurus side. Well, and, and, and the moon is in the seventh house, right, which is the house of Libra, the natural house of Venus and, and Libra, right? Yeah. So in a sense, there's that. Yeah. I've always thought it was kind of a cosmic joke that I've you know, spent so much of my life on my own. <laughs> I was married at one time, but that's decades ago. And yeah, you know, yeah. not a lot in the relationship department, except for my relationship with friends and family and myself. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. that's always been interesting to me was Libra rising and moon in the seventh. And <laughs> like, yes, yeah. Oh, thanks, universe. <laughs> So of so course, from a, from a Hellenistic point of view, we do we can see. Although I would have never thought it was as extreme as it is, but uh, it is a night chart. So Saturn is the malefic uh, that's not of the sect in favor, and it's you've got Venus in Capricorn. So yeah, that Saturn is and yeah. they square. And they're squaring, yeah. So, and that Saturn is in an overcoming square, and it is dignified because it is in Libra, and so yeah. it's a really strong malefic. And and they are in mutual mutual. Reception. They are in each yeah. other's signs. So yeah. yeah, it's it's a strong aspect there. And, yeah. and of course, Saturn's in the twelfth house, so I don't see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So so it's an so interesting phenomena, this Venus. And of course, Mars has the same problem. It also is between its two rulerships in the old version. Um, it has an in conjunct as well. Anyway, what, why I went down this road is because I wanted to see the various styles of Venus. And so my first uh, Taurus Venus is uh, El Gore. And, um, you know, in the, uh, even in both systems, actually, that Venus is in the 10th house. Uh, And, um, you know, he is that activist person, you know, who, uh, the inconvenient truth, I think. Um, Yeah, and so very grounded, didn't, you know, didn't do well in his attempt to run for president. probably way too intense he's got pluto saturn mars conjunct uh in the ascendant and it's yeah and his sun trines all that so yes yeah yeah probably way too intense couldn't pull it off and then the other guy that i picked um was uh michael moore which yeah yeah yeah. um he his birthday is actually uh coming or was yesterday yeah 
Yeah, it was yesterday. Um, and so, you know, he is a Taurus. Um, uh, Taurus is his midheaven, and Venus is there. Um, but he his is more to do with the social. So the trine from his moon Mars attacking, you know, like dumb white men, I think was one of his books he wrote or something. Um, and and so this Venus, even though it's in Taurus, um, is not sort of doing just the earth thing. Um, no, he's doing it almost more from a social contract point of view. Yeah, he's done a lot with uh, with his moon in and Mars conjunct in mm-hmm. Capricorn, he's he's gone after the corporations. Exactly, a lot. exactly. That's been that been his big thing. And yeah, they just find that sun, so that's feeding into that. And of course, it's the creative aspect of the fifth house to do it in a filmmaking way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So then I looked at, I pulled up some charts of people that have uh, the Venus in Libra. Now this first one, um, uh, I, I mean, I only, I didn't know this person, um, didn't even know the, I'm, I like music, I love music, and I like the hit song that put this woman on the charts, but I would have never known that her name was Lord. And it isn't Lord Singer. I just put Singer because that's what she does. She's a singer. What was her hit song? Um, royal. Um, do you want to be, you know, we're not royal. Um, God, I can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. You know yeah, the tune, okay. I mean. Um, and yeah, I she has a huge um, thing about royalty. And so here we have her chart. Um, She has Venus and Libra in the 10th, which is what I was looking for. Um, It is in whole sign. In yours, she has Virgo on the 10th, although I'm thinking the 10 a.m. wasn't all that accurate. So could easily be Libra rising or Libra on the 10th and still have a Capricorn rising. But she has a fascination with royals. um, And yeah, she's a singer. So she's brought out the... Uh, the voice side of Venus and Libra conjunct the moon yeah yeah interesting interesting yeah and now the next one was a big surprise (laughs) okay so this the next one is Ian Thorpe now if you were if you're um, a sports aficionado um, this name would pop up he is um a New Zealander who won many gold medals in um, swimming and stuff. And um, and he has size 13 feet. No, size 17. I didn't even know it went that high. Yeah. So, you know, he sort of went by this flipper anachronym <laughs> in the swimming pool because of his feet. Anyway, he has Venus conjunct the sun, conjunct Saturn, all in Libra, all in the 10th house. And Pluto. And Pluto's there as well, exactly. So, um, you know, the, the the whole sports piece is a little mystifying um, and being all that successful with it, other than, you know, Saturn, Saturn is in the 10th. Anyway. But this, you've got the sextile to Mars and Sag. That's true. That's true. Which, yeah. You know, when you yeah. think of sports, you think of the athleticism, the competition, yep. and that kind yeah. of, And it's in the 11th house. So. Yeah. And I'm going to switch my view here down to whole signs because, of course, that 
puts it. Oh, yeah. See, that puts it closer to the first house, which in the Golgantlin um, uh, studies, um, the most prominent was in the Cadent houses, which is, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So ninth house or... 12th house, those are the folks who um, showed up as being uh, very prominent in their in their scenario. So I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't really see this Venus in, um, in Libra. But then I read further into his bio, and it turns out, one, he's gay, and he came out and, you know, sort of advocated on that side of it. But then he went, oh... But I have an image, and then apparently, I think it was in Japan. I do have these bios. Um, yeah, he was, he just, people just loved him in Japan. Um, Armani, I think it was Armani, they got on his bandwagon. And so he got involved in the whole fashion industry. Right. Yeah, yeah so that even though, you know, the Mars was what took him to the fame, it's been the more Vesuvian, 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 <laughs> that has, you know, kept his career kind of in the spotlight. Well, yeah. he's he's also got. I mean, his son is conjunct. I mean, it's conjunct yeah. Venus, but also conjunct that Saturn Pluto, and that would give him a great deal of charisma, determination, determination, yes. and stick to itiveness, and. Yeah. 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 And, and then and a need and a need to be recognized. Exactly. Exactly. Because that um, and that whole conglomeration is squaring um, the ascendant. And so, yeah, it's um, when you've got the ruler of the ascendant and it is a day chart. So this is Saturn of the sect in favor. And so, you know, if you play your cards right, you can make a malefic do really good things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, what are some of the other traits if we think about, let's say, uh, of course, if we put moon in Taurus, that is exalted, and um, that's a good thing. I have moon in Taurus. Ah, and um, do you you see that as... um, uh, a mother principle that is very practical? Yeah, I think so. My mother was Taurus. Ah. And, and so is my sister, and so was my older brother. Oh, so you were <laughs> surrounded by some Taurian energy. And, and, and my father had moon in Taurus as well. Ah. The only one who doesn't in my family have any Taurus planets is my younger brother, and he's married to a woman with sun and moon. <laughs> Taurus. <laughs> His first wife was a uh, had sun and Libra, so. And that didn't work out. Although you would yeah. think, because that's co-ruled by Venus, so but yeah, got the wrong but side of and Venus. He's a, Cancer- he's a Cancerian, so. Oh yeah, no, that's a square. Squares, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you have yeah. to have the right temperament to do a relationship with a square yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah I think it's true. moons and Libra, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, um, so he took that Libra side, because my mom had Libra rising, my brother had Libra rising, and I have Libra rising. And so there's that Libra oh, wow. Taurus. so your whole family there's is. A whole, yeah, there's a whole, whole lot of Taurus Libra stuff. 
So Vesuvian, Vesuvian, yeah. Yeah, Venusian, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And my sister has a, she's she's Taurus. She's got a sun Mercury conjunct in Taurus, but she's got a moon, Venus, Mars conjunct in Aries. Oh, yeah, these side-by-side combos, they're difficult. And if, if yeah. you're trying to embody side-by-side um, yeah. major signatures, that is difficult. They're, the congruency, it's, it's hard won. And it would be interesting to talk to an astrologer person who has that personally just to see what they think of it, you know, like... Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because... In, well, interest, interestingly, my mother had... Um, um, moon in Aries as well and it was conjunct so yeah they kind of have that whole thing going on although my mom's son in Taurus was conjunct Saturn so so the Saturn side probably won out if especially if it was a day chart yeah yeah she was uh she had sayings like life is grim life is earnest (laughs) well that's making she was very Saturnian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would do. And, and, mar- and married my son, Jupiter conjunct Sagittarius dad. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That- Talk about oil and water, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's interesting about this little segue that we've gone down, and we've got lots of time, so we can go down yeah, this yeah. road, yeah. is in the Hellenistic world, um, they only saw... Um, aspects um, being functional, whether they were difficult or easy, um, by the five Ptolemaic uh, yeah, ones. So yeah. that, um, and so they saw, uh, for instance, uh, signs that were uh, adjacent as being in aversion. In other words, hmm. you couldn't see it, and so the functionality wasn't there. And the same with the 150 degree aspect. They right. didn't see those as being functional, and, well, and in Western, also in, and in Western, those, those are difficult. Not, they're difficult. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, You know, the the 150 degree yeah. is the in conjunct, and it's it's kind of like a, a, an aspect of adjustment. You're always yeah, trying trying to, to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it it doesn't quite compute. And yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it 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 is it can be very challenging. Yeah, and uh, so and a lot of and a lot of uh, astrologers see it as as indications of health issues. Oh, as w- now that's something I hadn't heard. Okay, yeah, which makes issues. sense because yeah. there's this something's out of whack. To be in order to be free of dis-ease, you need to have ease. Right. So if you have this very uncomfortable thing that's built in that's harder to have right yeah so yeah this is where astrology can be helpful in seeing what's going on i right. think to yeah to help yeah. understand why there's that sense of dis-ease in your being yeah and, and how to work with it instead of yeah so like having your um ruler um of your third house in conjunct and yeah yeah that makes sense yeah I do I do have um one sort of well my most wired in planet is mercury and um so I've got mercury and scorpio but it's in conjunct jupiter and jupiter is in gemini 
And so, yeah, my mind and where my um, my sense of community, they don't always, yet the, yeah, that is an interesting combination that I, yeah, that I haven't yeah. entirely sussed out. Um, and that's not an uncommon thing, by the way, folks, if you're going to start studying your own chart. is Your own chart will always be the most difficult for you to understand. Exactly, exactly. And you will spend your entire life, if you go down the road of astrology, yeah. <laughs> in trying to trying do to figure it out. <laughs> just to do that very thing. <laughs> um, Mercury, Jupiter in conjunct could be overthinking things too oh yeah 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 because right, jupiter likes yeah. more right yeah so give me more information yeah. then you get yeah. overwhelmed with information yeah or or you build loops and that's what yeah I, like i noticed in my 20s that um and i had a word for it and i'm not going to remember what it is because i finally learned how to turn that loop off but um my mind would uh get into a you know like a hamster wheel and right. I would notice it, and I'd go, wow, you got that? Oh, I know. This was my expression. Got it on the brain. And it would just be me talking to myself going, okay, that's just doing laps, and it's going nowhere fast. Sort of like the Eastern analogy for that is if you put a bunch of nuts in a coconut, you carve out just a big enough hole for the monkey to, with his fingers straight out, get his hand in the coconut, then he right. grasps the nuts, but he can't pull his hand out. Right, yeah. And so yeah. that is a phenomena of, um, yeah, that my brain, and so that's there. there's that in conjunct, which it's not, to find ease is tricky. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. You, what, so what in conjuncts do you have? Um can't remember. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. She has a very splashy looking chart. Oh, my, my son in, is in conjunct my, my Aquarius ruler Uranus <laughs> in the ninth. Yeah, I only have the one. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, okay. Yeah, so figuring out, figuring out what to believe, I think. The ninth house, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sun's in the fourth house of foundations, and you know yeah. what I get from from that is not going to fit with where I, what I believe now, right? So, right, right. Yeah, so it's yeah. I think there's that yeah. uncomfortable, never quite as you were saying, at ease. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of information that happens, and you don't know really what to believe. That is true. That is yeah. true. That and my true. Mercury, uh, I mean, it squares my ascendant, but other than that, it has no aspects. Oh, see, and that now isn't that interesting. Her and I have and this, it's, and it's in Capricorn, which wants to have clear definitions of things. Oh, totally, so, totally. So if you throw in that unaspected Mercury, yeah, and then you team up with somebody who's my Mercury is is like it it connects with all of the outers like Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto, and Jupiter. Yeah, that's who it connects to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 I have a brain, it's a bit of a pain, but. <laughs> well, it's interesting, because there's the things you, 
I mean, that you get very familiar with in your chart, especially like squares and oppositions. True, they're in your face. Because they're the ones that you just have to notice. Yeah, exactly. Things like the the inconjunct. uh, Well, I I think somebody who has a yod has two of them. Yes, and that does help, I think. Like my father's chart, when we looked at that, he's got a really powerful yod, you know, the sun in Sagittarius, sun Jupiter in Sagittarius, and it's in a yod with Pluto and Saturn, right? Yeah, yeah. On the corner. That's going to so get. That's going to get your attention. That's pretty intense, you yeah. know. And he yeah. would have his real eyes and his uh, God, don't go near him. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. I I remember one of the first charts back in the day that I studied that. Uh, because the odd, it can also be called the finger of God, as, and I don't know if I really agree with that particular label. But anyway, so I did find a chart, and it was of a teacher, and his, um, you know, because some teachers are just gifted when it comes to teaching, and this oh, guy, yeah. this guy was. Um, both my stepsons just loved him to pieces and neither one of them were sort of academically inclined he taught math but he did he had this following and uh, but he had a significant yod in the sense that he had um, the point of the yod was the handle on a very tight bucket right right and so a lot of his chart fed into that yod and, uh, yeah, no, yeah, so it wouldn't be just the yacht, the yacht itself. It would be other aspects as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, but he it was always complicates things. <laughs> <laughs> but his his worked out. Like he obviously channeled it into his teaching, and uh, yeah, yeah, it worked out for him. Yeah, and I think it, it also, you know, with something like that, it, you know, what sign things are in and how they. Mm-hmm you know what they rule and all of those things mm-hmm. you know it's never a simple thing of oh, no. we got this pattern. you know it's there's there, it's a complex thing looking at the bits and pieces in the chart because it's a whole picture yeah yeah it's and coming like- back to the whole picture um is you know it's sort of like you walk in and that's kind of what i think when it comes to reading a chart is you walk in you kind of pick everything up and look at it. And I think that might be what we do in our next session. Yes, we're going to look at um, liabilities and assets. You know, is yeah. your are the actors on your stage happy to be where they are or are they not happy to be where they are? And, um, and some yeah. of that has to do with who they're teamed up with and exactly and all that stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, but we'll we'll true. just we'll just parse out the things like um the joys of the planets the exaltations um what they rule their debilities blah 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 then we'll add in the wiring again but it's interesting yeah. you know um if you know you've got a cranky planet to begin with then you go looking to go, well, let's hope it's wired to something that's going to make it happier, you know. Um, yeah. But we'll we'll start with just that first piece. But then, okay, so you wander in, you do all of that, and then you try to back yourself out to see the bigger picture. Yeah. It well, and I think for me, for me, I, I always go to the hard aspects first. Yeah. Because those are the ones the person will be noticing. Yeah. Yeah. tripping over them all the time you know <laughs> if you've got a, a, a t-square like this chart does you yes. know it's like you can't 
missed that. You know, it's, yes. it's, it's going to catch you up until you get a handle on it. And some people never get a handle on it. And That's true. It's going to trip them up forever. And, you know, they'll talk about it, you know, turning your squares from stumbling blocks into building blocks. And it's kind of what it is. It can be a great strength, I think, yes. the hard yeah. aspects. They can be. But they're not easy aspects. Yeah. They're challenging. So they, and and have, um, you have to meet the challenge in order to yeah. get yeah. The, the gifts, right? And the bonus of it being difficult is it's clear. Squares yes. are clear. And yes. yeah, rather than like what we were just talking about, the inconjunct, huh? You know, That's right. like it yeah. doesn't have, it can be incredibly irritating, but it's way easier to work with a square because there's clarity. It's in your and, face. And, They've and run into you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's there it is again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we'll, um, we'll go back to lesson whatever we are on and uh, we'll start off with uh, the dignities and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, but I think we've we've kind of looked at May. So look for some changeability, but also for that first eclipse and Saturn stationing. If you have Saturn at, what was that? I think 13 degrees. Let me just go back up here. I'm pretty sure that's what it stations at. So if you have 13 degrees of fixed signs that are prominent in your chart, yeah, it's 13 degrees, then or you're going to... Or 12 degrees. Or 12, yes, yes. You go, <laughs> she's right, You. she's right. You've got to add a degree on either side. But in That's particular, it. if you do have 13 degrees, you will notice yeah. the major reality check that happens this month when Saturn stations. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, any anything almost in the mid degrees there because yeah. Uranus is also, you know, I mean, they're. It's at 12 this month. Yeah. So it's getting yeah. damn close. Yeah. Spurring my son. Okay, honey, you're noticing, are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe it'll help me reconcile my inconjunct. There you go. There you go. Okay. So, um,. I think we're going to have to end it there. We're down to less than a minute, so we will bid you adieu, my dear. And All right. We see will see you next week. And in the meantime, folks, you have been listening to 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station, CJMP, which you can find on a website.ca which is going to get renewed here soon, which would be a good thing because not always does our old website work the way we want it to. Anyway, take care, folks, and we will see you again next week. Mm -hmm.